Hey, it's Lacey Broussard, and this is the Multi-Orgasmic Mama podcast. From sex and motherhood, birth and relationships, communication and intimacy building, and Taoism and Tantra, we explore topics such as self-care, self-pleasure, body image, jadex, the feminine cycles, creativity in business, and modern spirituality. The Multi-Orgasmic Mama is a place to come for true stories and transformational advice on how to be a mama and a multi-orgasmic woman too. Hey lovelies, it's Lacey here and today we're going to talk about five ways that your life will change when you fall in love with your body and your sexuality. I've been thinking a lot about how it took me three, like probably more like four years to finally fall in love with my body and my sexuality after three years of working on it constantly, three years of jade egg practices, three years of tantric practices and even more of coaching. Ladies, I did it all, and it finally worked after all those years. But let's go back a little in time here. And if you've been listening to the podcast before, I'm sure you've heard me say it, but before I discovered the jade egg practice in particular, I felt ridiculously disconnected from my body. And having my first baby was pretty much the first time that in my entire adult life that I was kind of forced to reconnect and to feel something. It's not that I hated my body. It's just that I didn't really feel anything. <laughs> like I felt pretty numb and just absolutely disconnected. I had sexual experiences in my early 20s, even through my mid 20s that were okay, but they weren't like amazing or ecstatic either. And I really can't even remember the first time that I had an orgasm uh, while making love. I remember having them on my own, but I don't remember when that happened. So apparently it wasn't that great. <laughs> but I do remember that when I finally could, I was only able to orgasm in one position. And although I was a super willing partner to have sex, I just never really felt a drive either. And, you know, I had a terrible go at choosing partners, even up until recently. <laughs> I had a I had a really hard time choosing partners that were good for me. And I always dated men that were below my intelligence level, men that weren't as ambitious and driven or adventurous as me. And it took me years, but I finally figured out that it was because I couldn't see my own worth. I couldn't see how amazing I actually was. <laughs> Maybe that's a bit narcissistic, but you know, it's true. I didn't date men on my level and it took me years to see that, oh, wow, I actually should be dating men of a higher quality. I tried practicing yoga for years. I started yoga when my second baby was born. And I really did it in hopes of feeling more alive and connected because I wanted a way to feel super alive and in my body like I did during my birth experiences, but without having to have another baby because I didn't want another baby. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be able to feel that sense of aliveness and connection on a regular basis. And when I started doing yoga, you know, they talked about inner peace, acceptance, enlightenment, all of those things, which were great, but I wanted to feel alive, like fucking alive motherfuckers. <laughs> and yoga was not cutting it. Like it was not getting me there. The one thing that did help me fall in love with my body to feel more sexually and to see my own worth and to feel super alive and passionate on fire about my life was, well, you guessed it, it's the jade egg practice. 
<laughs> the important thing here is that I started a practice. I didn't just go do a few JDIG sessions and bam, that was it. I never did it again. No, it actually became my new yoga. So I stopped going to regular yoga classes. I mean, I still do it for the physical uh, body benefit of being able to stretch and to prepare myself to meditate because it was, it's an amazing practice to be able to sit for long periods of time. So sometimes I'll do regular yoga practice just so I can be in a long meditative state. Uh, but still uh, with the Jade Egg practice, I do that regularly one to three times a week. And some of the benefits are obviously, I feel more turned on than ever. I have stronger and longer lasting orgasms. I can orgasm in any way I want. I feel more self-love and I feel a sense of embodied confidence that I never had. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. I feel a sense of feeling safe dressing and wearing whatever I want to wear, even as a mom. <laughs> I have an inner knowing of my own worth that's definitely helped me up-level the kind of men I attract into my life. Um, I feel an ability to create and grow my business using my sexual energy as the force behind it all. Such a beautiful thing, by the way. <laughs> and I feel a sense of feeling freaking blissed out and ecstatic about my life, even when all sorts of shit has gone on for quite a few months now <laughs> because that practice completely transformed my life. I wanted to tell you five ways that learning to love your body and sexuality will change your life too. The first thing I want to discuss is that you'll stop looking for things on the outside to make you feel confident and gain a sense of embodied confidence instead. Like I was saying before, when I started the JDEG practice and I started to fall in love with my body and sexuality, it wasn't me trying to look a certain way or get a certain hairdo or certain types of clothes. No. When you fall in love with your body and your sexuality, start noticing the difference between people who say and act like they're confident and people who actually are confident. And there is a huge difference. I know you know what I mean, because people who act like and say they're confident generally use things on the outside to attract attention but in a super obvious way. <laughs> you can see it in the way that they walk and the way that they hold themselves. You can see it in their body language. You can feel when a person is using the way that they dress or their latest hairdo to give them the confidence that they don't actually have inside of themselves already. There's a different quality of confidence that comes through when a woman actually feels confident inside of her own body. <laughs> She's gonna stand a little taller, a little straighter and she's gonna walk with a sense of pride and ownership for what she's got and when these women are in the middle of intimate experiences they don't shy away from being touched in certain areas because they're self-conscious they don't apologize for their freaking flabby bellies and breasts and they definitely don't point out their imperfections they also stop looking for approval of their body and sexuality from people outside and they give it to themselves instead now, a woman who's in love with her sexuality acts differently in bed, too. You can tell if she's confident because you can sense if she's really feeling what's going on inside of her moment to moment, all the sensations and emotions, or if she's super disconnected and in her head and just waiting to get it over with. Women who are confident and have this embodied sense of confidence in their sexuality are not afraid 
to initiate sexual encounters or to make eye contact and get vulnerable because sexually confident women will also sound and express themselves in ways that feel authentic. It doesn't feel like they're putting on a front, you know? And when you're authentically expressing yourself sexually, this is super attractive to like 99.9% of men. And it's a huge turn on. Okay. The second way that your life will change when you start to fall in love with your body and your sexuality is that you'll start attracting higher quality people into your life. When you fall in love with your body and your sexuality, you begin to gain an inner knowing of your own worthiness and deservingness. You stop becoming a victim to your life. You start taking responsibility for it instead. And when you take this ownership and radical responsibility, it pushes you to rise up to any challenges thrown your way. And it makes you start vibrating energetically at a higher level of consciousness. This will begin to attract more conscious and self-aware and responsible people into your life as well. So wouldn't that be freaking awesome, right? When you stop feeling guilty, ashamed, or even disgusted by your sexuality, you'll also start attracting uh, sexual partners who celebrate your sexuality. So if you already have a partner, you've been together for a while, once you up-level and start loving your body and your sexuality too, he's going to probably 90% of the time rise to meet that and learn to celebrate your sexuality too. But it starts with you. If you're looking for his approval or her, you know, if you're looking for anything outside of you to give yourself what you need, it's not the same. So if you're celebrating your body and your sexuality, it's much more likely that he or she will too. Now, the third thing that will change in your life is that you'll learn how to turn negative emotions into energy. I know how, mm, how do you say it? Woo, maybe, <laughs> that this can sound, but I want to try and explain it, explain it to you in a way that it doesn't feel so foreign and like, what the hell are you talking about, Lacey? Let me try here. So when you learn to love your body and your sexuality, you realize that the negative thoughts, they don't ever go away completely. They don't. But when they arise, you can meet them with presence and come to accept them and have compassion for them. When you dive deep into self-love, and girl, I ain't talking about that surface level shit that involves self-care and bubble baths. No, I mean radical, deep, self-love where you learn to love the parts of you that you spent your entire freaking adult life avoiding or shoving down you start to see the consciousness of all the pieces inside of you and how they've served you and when you start to see this you liberate and free yourself to create whatever you want to create for your life because you can empower another piece of you instead to help you get what you want this is so energizing to your system because if you're not spending your energy partying too much, drinking too much, or binge watching Netflix, you know, all those freaking things we do to numb ourselves out, you get to liberate and release the parts of you, making you take part in these numbing activities, which frees up your energy to actually do the things that you, that are going to help you do and get what you want in your life. <laughs> It's really amazing how much energy we actually put into not feeling our negative emotions. Think about that for a second. Look how much time 
and money you waste on doing things that are going to numb you out so you don't feel something. But if you realized how looking at these negative things and these emotions, when you have the courage to dive in and go there and stop acting like it's not there, when you allow yourself to express these things, to let them move past you and cycle through your body, you actually get to use this to fill up with more energy. It's like potential energy. So any emotion can be used as potential energy. That's basically what negative emotions are. They're untapped potential energy, which leads me to the fourth way that your life will change when you start to learn to love your body and your sexuality. So when you learn to tap into the potential energy of your negative emotions, instead of stuffing them down, you'll learn to use that energy to have full body orgasms and any emotion gasm. I kid you not. <laughs> this is how you do that. When I talked about in another podcast or, um, if you're on my email list, you know, I've talked about having anger gasms before and how I had my first one like back in April and it was fucking epic. But the premise here is that in Tantra, all emotions and experiences can be used as fuel for life. And all emotions and experiences have consciousness in them. Meaning that when you learn to love your body and sexuality, you start to see that life is all happening for you and not to you because anything that's happening can be used as energy. So how could it be bad? When you unlock this potential energy, you can learn to cycle it through your body, through the Taoist energy system that I teach in the genetic practice. And regardless of the source, if it's a negative emotion or a bad emotion that you're using as energy to cycle through your body, you, regardless of the source, you can use it in conjunction with your turn on. So maybe you're feeling all of this anger. So the day that I had my first anger gasm, I remember feeling so angry. I stomped the ground. I kicked and screamed. It was freaking crazy shit, right? But it filled me up with so much energy when I actually allowed myself to go there. It's like, ooh, a general adrenaline rush, you know? Like I could feel all the testosterone coursing through my blood and the adrenaline running through my blood. It was crazy. And you cycle that, you take that, and you can turn yourself on, touching yourself, touch your body, however you want. You take that turn on and all of that energy and you cycle it through your body and you can actually come to an orgasmic experience doing that. So cycling sexual energy through the body is how you learn to have full body orgasms, no matter what the source of energy is. So this can lead to angergasms, crygasms, laughgasms, any kind of emotiongasm really. Because you're using the anger or the laughter or the crying as the fuel combined with sexual pleasure and learning to cycle that energy through the body until it becomes overwhelmingly delicious and fun. And then you just, you enter this altered state of consciousness that is really the epitome and definition of what an orgasmic experience is. Okay, hopefully that made sense for you. <laughs> if not, email in to Lacey at LaceyBroussard.com and let's talk about it. <laughs> Number five, you'll stop conforming to societal standards of dress and adornment, and you'll find your own authentic expression. I have a little story about number five that I want to tell you about. I was in the airport recently when I walked up to an escalator 
this is the Atlanta, the Atlanta airport. And I noticed a billboard for some education company. I don't even remember what it was, but they were trying to be all politically correct by, you know, making sure they had a white person in the picture, a black person in the picture, an Asian person, and making sure that some of them were men, some were women, you know, all the things. But what was so freaking hilarious about this ad is that they were all dressed exactly the same. So the men and the women were wearing the exact same thing. <laughs> now, it might not surprise you here, but I've never been a fan of uniforms. But aside from that, like the immediate thing that stood out about that billboard to me is the message it was conveying. Basically, it was saying it's okay to be black, white, Asian, Latino, whatever, and we're still going to accept you. But make sure you dress, you dress like a man, even if you're a woman. That billboard made me realize that we as a culture have come to some level acceptance based on race, but we have a long ass way to go when it comes to acceptance of women being able to dress like women in the workplace. It drives me insane. Anytime I walk into a mall and see the female version of a man's dress suit, and yes, I was all for Hillary Clinton, but man, it pissed me off every time I saw her in a pantsuit. <laughs> And the whole pantsuit nation thing drove me freaking bonkers too. Why are women still wearing pantsuits that are like basically a female version of a man's dress in the workplace? I just don't understand why women still feel like they have to dress like a man to get respected and heard. Because when you fall in love with your body and your sexuality as a woman, you stop wearing those things that make you think that, that you are getting respected and heard. Because guess what? they're not. You're not getting respected and heard because you're not respecting and hearing yourself. You're not being true to who you are. You're not having an authentic expression. You're just wearing what you think is going to make you get respected and heard. And that doesn't work. It might work for some time, but it's not going to make you very happy as a woman in the end. So stop doing that. <laughs> stop doing that. Give yourself the respect and the time to listen to what's true for you. Be authentic. Be genuine. Nobody needs to dress like a man anymore to get the respect that you want. If you're respecting yourself, you're going to get it. Okay, enough with my rant for today. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.